Wow. We just want to say from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. There's a lot that goes into making a podcast, and that's why it took us a full week to come up with a follow-up to our Incredibles episode last week. People just don't understand the effort that it takes to make a podcast. First, you've got to watch a movie. Then you've got to think about the movie. Then you've got to go on Wikipedia and look up a plot summary of the movie because you probably forgot all about it. And boy, after that, they're setting up the equipment to record the podcast, and something always goes wrong. And you know what? Me and my co-host may not always get along, but at the end of the day, we know we've got each other's backs. Through thick and thin, we will always be there for each other. But it wouldn't be possible without you, the fans. And that's why, on this episode of our podcast, we just want to say from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Dalas gracias. Today on the podcast, we're talking about Incredibles 2. This is Purely Nostalgia. Welcome to Purely Nostalgia, the podcast where we look at the stuff that we liked as kids with our adult eyes, and we try to figure out if it was actually good or if we just thought it was. My name is Eli Shap Smith. And I'm Jerry Mathers as the beaver. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm just kidding. I'm Clint. Hey, Clint. How's it going, man? It's going well. Um, I'm just excited. I haven't talked to you in a week. Normally, it's two weeks between when I talk to you. But. I know this is your first this is our we only interact with each other via podcast right so like I just I, I guess I just need this podcast to know what's going on in your life because if we didn't have it I I don't know if I'd care about you to be honest <laughs> I, I wouldn't care about you I know that for sure our but, friendship well, was hanging on by a thread when we started this and this uh, is gonna save our friendship we added a couple of strands to that thread by making a creative endeavor for us to pursue together and now i uh i think i care about your life a little bit just a little just, bit just just like a struggling marriage this is the baby that we birth just to hopefully save our marriage <laughs> yeah it, it is that is a great <laughs> metaphor and it seems to be working so far is what's funny yay uh so yeah my life uh what's been going did i tell you that i'm a criminal you're a criminal I'm a road criminal, Eli. Oh, yeah. Tell me about your road crimes. It's like Fast and the Furious. Oh, man. Let me tell you. 15 like baby miles driver? over. The, like, like the baby driver. Like I the was baby a baby driver? driver. Yeah. I was driving 15 miles over the speed limit. No, you weren't. Down the interstate. This was back in December. And uh, whoop, whoop, behind me, I see the the big blue lights on a little motorcycle. It's a Kmart yeah. blue light special, baby. Kmart special, and guess what was served up to me? One a trip to summons. the slammer. Oh. <laughs> one, one, <laughs> one trip to the slammer. And um, I went to, went to driving court back in um, February. There were 83 of us under one cop. He clearly met his quota. 83 road criminals yeah cops are pigs um (laughs) just kidding i have a lot of respect for the law enforcement except when they pull me over (laughs) yeah except when they pull me over then they're pigs Mm -hmm. but um mm -hmm. uh but all of us were sentenced to driving school and uh i went to defensive driving school this weekend i had to pay 60 dollars to sit in a plastic chair at the fairfield inn and suites on shalliford road and watch movies the entire day about how to drive properly. 
Should we do a podcast episode on one of those movies? Um, <laughs> yes, they were sponsored by AAA, and let me tell you, man, those were quality. I think the funniest part was probably our teacher, though. How so? His name, his name was Sam, and uh, you would think that maybe shout like out to Sam. Shout out to Sam. I know his last name, but I'm not going to dox him. Uh, it's Delgado. It's but, Rockwell. Uh, <laughs> Sam Rockwell, Academy Award winner Sam Rockwell taught my <laughs> defensive driving school class. And man, did he rub it in our face. He came up and he said, this is my Oscar and it's the highest achievement I will ever get. And now it's back to teaching defensive driving school. And now school. it's back to my real passion, teaching defensive driving school. Mm-hmm. But um, he, uh, he was at like a, a middle school teacher, I think is what he said he was. And um, he was just trying so hard to be tough with us. And I'm not a big guy. I'm tall. I'm 6'2", but I'm not big. I'm really thin. And he was smaller than me, and he was trying to be tough with us. And he's in a room full of criminals, so he better check himself. And uh, he made it known up front that if you talk or text or even mindlessly doodle in Mr. Delgado's class, uh uh-uh, you're out of here, folks. You're, you're donezo. You can't even doodle? No, no, no. He, there was a lady behind me. She was an elderly lady, and she was having to take this class because she is a school bus driver, and she has to take it like every six months to um, renew her license or something, just uh-huh. you know, stay up on the road rules or whatever. And um, he, she was like mindlessly doodling, like just kind of tracing on the paper or whatever, and he was like, hey, ma'am, what did I say about doodling? Are and you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm 100% serious. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry. I just wasn't even thinking. He was like, how can you be so rude doodling while I'm talking? And she's like, I'm I'm sorry. And he goes, next time you're out of here. I don't care if this is for work. Jeez, and, Sam yeah, Rockwell needs I, I, to chill out. <laughs> take a chill pill, Sam. But um, while we, we had um, five 15-minute breaks... And I walked into the classroom kind of early from my break because I, I wasn't going to wander around this hotel. And um, he was watching full volume on his computer Tamagotchi review videos. Hey, you got to do what you got to do to get through the day, and man. He was, uh, he was audibly saying, oh, wow, like <laughs> during it. And, uh, but I I'm, I'm promise I'm not trying to steal the light here. But the funniest thing was... Hold he, on, we're moving past that too quickly. Is there like some kind of new Tamagotchi material that's come out? Or is he just like living the glory days? I think he's reliving the glory days because it was like one of those unbox... What I could gather from it, it was one of those unboxing videos where this girl was like unwrapping stuff and she was like, oh, as you can see, this is the the vintage 1990 Tamagotchi X3. Is and he... he uh, like, how old is this guy? He's probably about 28. Hmm. Yeah, and That's he was what like, I've got to look oh. forward to in a few years. Yeah, getting uh, as you said on Twitter, getting into really, really into U two, and then watching Tamagotchi videos. <laughs> yep. But uh, the funniest part of the whole thing, uh, Sam tried to Sam tried to be a good youth pastor and do an icebreaker at the beginning of the whole thing. Because that's what we want from defensive driving school is to make friends and have an icebreaker. Hey, if you and, start doodling on your page, I will slap you in the face. But let's all get to know each other first. We're going to have fun today. So uh, he, he said, uh, say your name, say why you're here. It was all for speeding tickets, surprise. And um, then say if you, your favorite superpower if you could have one. 
Oh, hit. that's a good one. That's a good <laughs> one, isn't it? Yeah, ha ha ha. I said flying because I wasn't into it. But um, he went down the row, and then about five people in, he got to a guy kind of a few rows down from me, and he barely spoke any English. He was a Middle Eastern man, barely spoke any English. And uh, Sam was like, what's your name? And I think his name was David. And he said, my name's David. He said, okay, David, why are you here? And he goes, I am here for the class. <laughs> he was like, no, 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 why are you here? I am here to learn. And then he goes, okay, moving on. Um, what would be your superpower? And he goes, I am a human. I do not have superpowers. It's <laughs> <laughs> a valid and, answer. Yeah, and Sam just got mad at him and moved on. So <laughs> that was my weekend. Oh, man, that sounds fun. I mm-hmm. just uh, I just watched a bunch of movies like by myself because I'm a lonely boy. No, nah. mm-hmm. um, I just uh, okay. So I binge watched Hotel, Hotel Transylvania, um, all three of them. Highly recommend. This is relevant to our podcast because they're kids' movies. Um, the third one came out. Some friends wanted to go see it, so I watched the first two as well. Um, and hey, Clint, they're like perfectly fine, fun movies. They're fun. You should watch them. I I don't know. Chandler um, asked me this weekend if I wanted to go see Hotel Transylvania 3, and I laughed in her face. Why? You don't have a good reason for that. I don't, other than the previews make it look dumb. You don't don't even deserve to host this podcast if you can't (laughs) entertain the idea that Hotel Transylvania might be pretty good. I just, I'm not a huge Adam Sandler fan is all. I'm not either. This is his best performance ever. Really? Yeah, he's actually really good as Dracula. Um, oh, I forgot to mention something. Back to me for a second. Rewind. Um, but during driving that's school, fine. yeah, I'll <laughs> just I'll, I'll just go uh, make some coffee real quick while you keep. Okay, talking yeah, about yeah, yourself. yeah. You go make some coffee. I'll be here. But um, after or during defensive driving school, they asked uh, the guy in the back what his superpower would be, and let me tell you, he's the class clown because he said, "What would be your superpower?" And he said, "Mine would be to be Adam Sandler." And let me tell you, he established himself early as the, the class jokester. <laughs> that guy knows how to have some fun in the classroom. Yeah, so uh, he was a, he's a pretty funny guy. That would, be a, that would be a pretty cool superpower. You just snap your fingers and you're Adam Sandler. You're Adam Sandler. You're a dumb Jewish if, man. I wonder if he, that comes with his remote from the movie Click that I haven't seen. It's that... It, okay, if you no, haven't we're not seen, talking about Click. <laughs> if you haven't seen Click, that's a really good movie from my memory. Really? Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. Um, Hotel Transylvania, though. They're, yeah, they're good. The animation's really good. Um, the animation gets better in every single movie. Um, the third one, it's just so fun. Like the way the characters move their limbs and stuff is really funny to me. And the, there's a lot of dancing in the third one. So yeah, uh, it, you should go see it on the big screen. I can um, imagine that dancing is pretty hard for an animator. Yeah, and they do it so well in these movies. So I'll uh, give them props for that, I guess. Selena Gomez is great. Andy Samberg is great. Um, it's a star-studded cast. Good movies. Um, okay, and then I also watched the first two Mission Impossibles recently because I realized that the only one I had seen was um, Ghost Protocol because it was directed by B- Brad Bird. And so mm. I was like, you know, I should probably watch these Mission Impossible movies. The, the new one that's coming out is getting really good reviews. And so I was like, I kind of want to see that. I should probably just watch them all. So I've watched the first two. Um, here's my quick review of both of them. First one, great. Second one, bad. This is not interesting because this is what everyone says about the Mission Impossible movies. But <laughs> Clint, if you've never like delved into Mission Impossible, there's just like some fun 
movies. I, I haven't. I've never seen any of them. I like that they don't try too hard to make them like um like character movies. Like it's just mm. about some spies trying to like stop a bad thing from happening. It's great. So they're they're good popcorn movies. Uh yeah, but I don't even like that term because I just don't like I don't even know. Like that sounds so condescending and I think the first one's a legitimately great movie. Popcorn movie, uh, I would use that more to describe like Jurassic World. But those are Yeah, really I fun, I can you know? I can get on board with that. Um yeah, they're just so well executed. Um who am I talking to? You guys know Mission Impossible's good probably. I'm just behind. I'm behind the times. <laughs> um but yeah. So that's that's the that's what's new with me. I just watch movies now. That's all I do. Um, that's all you do now. You don't have a job. I don't. I just live off the land, and I watch Mission Impossible and Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, what? and recently Incredibles too. Yeah, Incredibles too. That's what we're talking about today. Um, it's the sequel to the first Incredibles. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyways, can after listening. <laughs> Um. Yeah. It. So we we've talked so much about how important the first one was to both of us. There's not really in any experience as a kid for this one, other than um. I guess we could talk about how uh, like our anticipation for this movie. I've I've wanted an incredible sequel for a long time. Have you? Yeah. No. I. I mean, ever since I realized how much I love this movie, I've wanted a sequel to it. And uh, it, it wasn't until probably, what, four years ago at D20 when they announced the Incredibles 2 sequel was going to be uh-huh. coming? Was it about four years ago when they officially announced it? That sounds right. I don't know. I don't think it was I, quite four years ago. I thought it was less than okay. that, but anyway. I think they, okay, I think they started making it undercover four years ago and then announced it like three, three and a half years ago or something like that. Sure. But yeah, I mean, it, well well anticipated you know it was definitely my highest anticipated film um of the summer and in my opinion it being released kind of snuck up on me a little bit mm-hmm. uh well how so well uh, initially when they announced it toy story 4 was supposed to be slated to um come out this summer and then next summer was supposed to be incredibles 2 Right, but and I, there was there was so much buzz behind it. They wanted to. They didn't, you know, shorten the time it took to make it. Obviously, if you look at this movie, yeah. there was no expense spared. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they just wanted to get it out earlier, so they they swapped the dates. Um, Incredibles two coming out now, Toy Story four coming out later. And incredible, or Toy Story four better be good because mm-hmm. man they're they man is it gonna have to be good for me to not like be angry about it i just yeah, don't they, it, i don't want it that was a bold move <laughs> i thought it was not gonna lie when they announced that toy story 4 was gonna come out i thought it was a joke yeah it it seems like it should be because i i like toy story 3 i'm not as big of a fan of it as a lot of people are but mm-hmm. i mean it is very much an ending like there's no reason to it was a good keep... bow on it yeah um did you and I go see Toy Story 4 together, or 3 together? I don't remember. Um, I don't think we did. You're not that important to me. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to be a, a, a doo-doo head about it. Maybe it'll be great. <laughs> I just like, I just never really thought it was necessary. Um, yeah. So yeah, what was your, your first impression of this movie upon watching it? Incredibles 2, that is. Oh, man. I um I saw it in 3D, which I don't particularly like 3d just because i wear glasses 
and unfortunately unfortunately the movie theater does not have my prescription in the in 3d glasses um but I, I chandler and i went and saw it together um i actually watched it um right before i went to uh disney world so that was nice but um chandler and yeah I that's went and nice saw it. It, it was nice because i got to see the movie then i got to meet them and tell them how much i liked it and you got to um, see Mr. Incredible dabbing on stage. I did. I did. I'm, I'm surprised Brad Bird never retweeted you about that. But, yeah, um, I don't know. He's been on Twitter uh, a lot lately. <laughs> but uh, after watching it the first time, I really liked it. I really did. Mm-hmm. However, I was like, it's just, it's not as good as the first one. And then this past weekend, after Defensive Driving School, I watched it again with Chandler. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, it is on equal ground. It it definitely does take a second viewing with less kids and less people in the theater with you to fully experience the movie and realize there's a lot going on. Right. I felt the same way. I'm glad to know that you've also seen it twice. I've seen it twice, um, but I, it was a little bit longer ago, my second viewing. Um, but I, I mean, I definitely loved it on my first viewing, but on my second viewing, I was like, okay, no, this is like, I still prefer the first one. But right. it's it's like on the same level, definitely, and in every way. Yeah, um, I think it there, exceeds it in some ways. I think it's extremely funny, and it's funnier than the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the animation it's got a lot is of better. Physical humor. Yeah, a lot of really good phys- physical humor. Like physical humor doesn't really work for me normally, but it's so good in this movie. Yeah, it really is. Uh, one of the the best gags that is physical is when um, Violet, you know, shoots the water out of her nose. Yes, Tony, and I was that was like a gut laugh that I had whenever I, I watched that in the movie. I've probably never laughed that hard in certainly like an animated movie. I like th- that was just so funny to me, and mm-hmm. and it was purely just the expression on her face and the timing of it. Like, oh, so well done. I think the funniest part of it was whenever she kind of had her back turned to him, and she, he was like, "Hey, Violet," and she did kind of the. You know, the finger gun, you know, hello. Yeah. I thought that was funny, the funniest yeah, part of the whole thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, one thing that I think played into people disliking this movie, because I have met some people that didn't like it uh, yeah. or didn't like it as much, is because, it, like we said earlier, it took 14 years for them to get this movie out there. Yeah. And it was only because Brad Bird the director and writer said, I will not make a sequel unless I believe I have a story that's better, if not as good as better than the first one. Mm-hmm. And so people, I think, kind of built up their own expectation, what they thought the movie was going to be. And then yeah. whenever it was delivered and it, the plot didn't play out exactly how they thought it would, people were upset. But it's like, you know, there's a master behind this. You know, oh, I feel like I talk... I draw so many parallels to the last jedi but same thing <laughs> really just uh yeah be- people getting angry because it's not what they expected and when in reality it's fantastic uh let's talk if you don't like last jedi uh, i would love to have a conversation with you i'll i'll take you out for a cup of coffee we can i liked it we can we can hash this out i will explain to you why you don't understand it um <laughs> okay anyway this is <laughs> we might i mean it, we got to do star wars at some point because the, oh, yeah, the prequels eventually. were like so In important to both of us yeah yeah we'll do it i don't know if we'll do every single star wars movie but man i might have to do an episode on Last Jedi at some point, even though I it's like a new movie, because mm. just so I can have like a document thing to point people to, so they can hear me talk about why I love it so much. 
Um, I think I think one thing that we've done with this and might continue to do is, you know, if there was something from our childhood and then there was a sequel played out in our adulthood, we got to uh-huh. cover both. Yeah. Oh, no, definitely. That's that's kind of like the whole idea of this podcast, I think, is like comparing things. That, that's a great way to tell if something is good just because of nostalgia or because it's actually good is to compare it to its sequels, which sometimes are just, you know worse than the original Mm -hmm. but sometimes you just don't have like you're not a young kid anymore and so you're watching the new version of it and and you're like oh this isn't actually good but you know you may rewatch the original as an adult and you still get those feelings that you had when you're a kid i think that's a lot of what happened for max keeble for both of us we both spoke so highly about that movie it's not like a very good movie but like i don't want to i don't want to spend time talking about how it's not a good movie because that's not fun like I love it. It's great. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, now on to Incredibles. Yeah, Incredibles two, the second. Oh, the, I'm sorry. I got it. Hey, I got to take this. Okay. You wait go just ahead. a second. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hey, it's me, Daryl. Hey, Daryl. Hey, hey, what's going on, man? Hey, we're recording a podcast right now. Can I get back? Yeah, yeah. I, I really don't care. I don't have time for your antics right now. Understand? Okay. Do you hey, need I something? Listened, I listened to your. Spy Kids episode four, whatever the crap that we've done like five before. episodes since then. Is that really? Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't care. I'm just not here. I'm a very busy man trying to plan my wedding. Okay. But I, I, I listened to it. And who was the buffoon that you had on there? That was okay. We were. We, I tried to schedule with you for weeks. We couldn't get our calendars to sync up. So I had to have someone just kind of pretend. No, you, you, you didn't even try hard enough. Did you even send the raven? Yes, I sent the raven. I sent the raven just as you instructed me. We emailed back and forth like four times. I even got on the phone with Megan. And how often did you pray to the Dark Lord? Uh, I don't do that. I wasn't really comfortable with that. Well, I didn't see why that was necessary. Do you expect to reach me? I don't... Listen, man. We've really got to get back to the recording here. Can we... No, no, no. I just... All right, what's really grinding my gears here is I'm just upset. Okay. Yeah, we had to move on to bigger and better, well, big to I, to other I, things. I, I totally understand that. But how how are you expecting me to earn residuals off of this? Listen, man, you it's not my responsibility to get people to watch the Spy Kids movies. I don't know how many people actually watch them because of our podcast. We have Dozens. to talk about other things. <laughs> I received a check in the mail for seven dollars. Seven dollars. Hey, listen, man, I keep shouting spy kids into the ether just to pay off my rent. That's not how residuals work. I know it's not. And listen, I if do you want to come and actually be on a a guest on the podcast and talk about this? I mean, if you make another spy kids movie, we'll cover it. But we ran out of spy kids movies to cover. This isn't my fault. You'll get yours, man. All right. You'll get yours. Okay, I'm sorry about that. Let's get back to... You good, to, man? You good? Yeah. yeah. Who was it? It was uh, it was my mom. She just had a question about some, oh, some okay. family hey, stuff. Oh, okay. Hey, Mr. Smith. Yeah, I'll tell you. He said hey. Um, but anyway, okay. Incredibles 2. Um, one thing that I really liked and really appreciated about this movie, can we, it, it's so well animated. Yeah, it's very well animated. Staggering, staggeringly well animated. Mm-hmm. And it, it really stands out in comparison to the first one, which the first one is great as well, but yeah. 
there's so much more like detail in like the lighting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just in the characters' faces and their expressions, like it's just it's just so much more in- intricate than the first one. One thing that I noticed, uh, and I look at this a lot in animation, is like with the clothes and their hair. The yes. hair was incredibly well detailed. Like if you look at Dash's hair, I was about to say Dash's hair is like I could anytime he's on screen, I just want to watch his hair. Watch his hair. <laughs> what yeah. happens to it? But he got a new hairstyle, and it looks great. Um, yeah, I and, I thought it was new, and it kind of is. But like when you go back and look at watch the first one after seeing the second one, you're like, oh, it does have that like little waviness to it. It's, it's just, just not like as an extension. Yeah. yeah, and like Jack Jack has like little baby hairs on top of his head, along with his little uh-huh. his uh, horn, basically his hair <laughs> horn, his alpha and, alpha horn. Exactly, and then you can also there's moments like with their clothing, you can see the fibers on all of their clothing. That's insane. <laughs> and I just don't know if, if there's like a program that you can put to highlight fibers around clothing or whatever, but it's just, man. Yeah, I don't know how any of that works. There's a lot of detail to it, and I was just really impressed with it. Good Stylistic- job, Brad. Stylistically, you know, the movie's supposed to take place in the 60s, mm-hmm. and I feel like with like their clothing and the decor and the architecture, and also the way the characters look, it looks far more stylized than the first one. Yes, I agree. Um, yeah, I don't know if that was because I was like when I saw the first one as a kid, I don't think I was even aware that it took place in the sixties. Right. Um, I just thought these were just deliberate choices that the that they made to make this movie look this way. Whereas looking at it now, I'm like, oh, it's it's just a decade movie. But mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely was more aware of that in this movie. Like it, it feels more like a 60s movie. Um, just the design of everything. But then you have like um, Elastigirl's bike, which is like, is not a 60s design at all. <laughs> it's no, very it's very looking. 90s looking even. Mm-hmm. Kind of techno looking, but well, I mean, they just flipped that six upside down and made it a nine. That's true, and made it a nine. <laughs> but um, yeah, even the way the characters look, I think, like Mister Mister Incredible, for instance, he his face looks longer and more chiseled, and kind of like the, the features on him are more well defined mm-hmm. in a way that kind of looks like sixties Art Deco, in a way. His, you're saying his face looks Art Deco to you? It, yeah, I mean, if you look at it. It looks very different from the first one. All right. Take Art Deco it, is, is an architectural term, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, all right. I'll take your word for it. Look it up, folks. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's a gorgeous movie. Um, while we're talking about like general aesthetics and stuff, we can talk about the score as well. Um, mm. Michael Giacchino came back for this one. Um it's just great. It's 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 perfect. Um, that first, man, I got so excited when I when it shows the Pixar logo and it's all red, you know, and mm-hmm. they uh, they you know it it's like a, a Incredibles version of that Pixar logo that's at the beginning of every Pixar movie, which they don't switch that up very often. Um, no, no. I feel like there was was there one Pixar movie before where they'd done that, or am where I just it, crazy? where this it didn't look? Um, yeah, where it wasn't just the normal blue background with black text. Uh, I think there was one where the the lamp did something different. Yeah, um, probably so. I <laughs> I mean I can't think eye. of it. I think well with Monsters Inc. I think they did something different. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they they've messed with it before, but like this was the most 
unique one that I've seen. And it just right. looks so good. And uh, Michael Giacchino's score under that, it just starts with the soft. Yeah, very sneaky. Oh, I was like shaking when that started. I was like, Incredibles mm-hmm. 2 is happening. This is really happening right now. It's finally here. And then it's that just like slow, long swell that ends with like, and it cuts to like a lamp being shined on none other than Tony Loaf. Han- handsome Tony Loaf. Handsome, well animated Tony Loaf himself. He looks so better, so much better in this version than the first one. He's got a lot more personality. One. Well, in the first one, he was a st- he. They used the design for him as a stock character called Everyman. Right. Because and- yeah, whenever they made background characters, it would take so long for them to individually animate them. They just had an Everyman that they'd change up features slightly, mm-hmm. and that's what they made Tony in the first movie. He was the, the equivalent. One, he was the equivalent of the the guy with the brown pants from SpongeBob, that green fish with the brown pants. Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> That's yeah, just yeah. every time yeah. there's a side the character. My, the my him. leg guy. Yeah, him. But um, he he looks a lot better in this one. He looks less tired mm-hmm. and more like a child. And he's just like a good boy in this one. I love it. He's such a good. He boy. He is. I kind of thought he would be a little bit of a a, a jerk, maybe. Yeah. But he's he's a good fellow. He's such a nice boy. Mm-hmm. I would let my daughter date him. Yeah, he's such a good-hearted, like sweet, sincere kid mm-hmm. who has a who has a job. Yeah. Wait. Oh, yeah. He does have a job. Yeah, he, he works, works at the Happy Platter. The Happy Platter. I wonder if they'll but, open up a Happy Platter at Disney World now. I was thinking the exact same thing earlier today at work, which <laughs> when I should have been doing work, I was thinking, <laughs> I wonder if they'll open up a Happy Platter at Disney World. Which I think they should. They, I don't know if they should. I don't know if uh, there's nothing. It's not a very unique place. It's just a diner, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's true. But if they open up an Incredibles just name one world, of their maybe. I'd um, go to Incredibles World. Oh, I absolutely would go to Incredibles World. But um, one thing that I, I I liked about the movie was it literally picked up right where the other one left off. Exactly where it left off, and they were like, telling us mm-hmm. that. From the beginning, like we all knew that it was going to start the second, the first one ended. And honestly, I wasn't crazy about that. But w- up until it happened, until I saw the way it unfolded, I was like, really? Like, they're just going to start with the Underminer fight? I don't see the point of that. But right, it, it was very well done. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, I liked the because it started with someone else's perspective. It yeah. started from Tony's perspective of him watching the family. So it almost kind of looked like we weren't supposed to be seeing it in a way. Right. Like we were, de- it was definitely eased in very masterfully instead of us just kind of jumping in and being like, let's go. You know, it was definitely a, a good way for us to be eased into the, uh, the action. Yeah. I was wondering from the beginning, um, what is going to be this movie's version of that? The first scene from the first one where they show the clips from all the superheroes just talking about their lives, you know, and mm-hmm. then we leap into the action after the opening, uh, titles um so that version of that in this is just tony loaf talking to um what's his name rick dicker rick dicker um and he's being he gets his memory wiped which and after it's kind of intercut with some like scenes of the underminer fight from his perspective but we don't actually see the fight itself yet um and then we get the opening titles and then we leap into action and it's it's very very good yeah, like Tony Loaf, he gets his um, memory wiped because he saw Violet um, without her mask on. Mm-hmm. And so um, Rick Dicker 
wipes wipes his memory just in the same way that Kari's memory was wiped in the first one. Yes. He too had his memory wiped. And um, I just I love the little suction cup thing that he shoots at mm-hmm. his head. It's just it's like a projector that they just kind of line up and press a a button and there's a wire with a suction cup on the end of it. Uh huh. It's and, so and now he can't remember a thing. Yeah, um, it's very '60s. It's very '60s, um, and then we get to see the whole Underminer fight, which is just great. Some great it was action. Really good. Um, the I love the bit where they, you know, they tell Dash and Violet to watch Jack Jack. Watch Jack Jack. And so <laughs> Violet goes invisible, and like you just see Jack Jack stroller rolling, like <laughs> zigzagging down the city street up to Dash, and he and pops out of the his seat and then dash picks him up and then you see that it was violet and she was invisible and then she leaps into action uh, they're just like passing him back and forth throughout this fight it's so great i will say whenever you see his stroller moving over honestly maybe it's just because i'm a dumb boy but what i am i mean we can establish that several times here i am mm-hmm. a dumb boy but maybe i was extra dumb boy then I thought like jack jack may have been using like telekinesis to maneuver himself around <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then, and then you see you see Violet's like silhouette passing through a puff of smoke, and then she becomes revisible. I guess. Yeah, it's it's interesting that nothing in this fight triggered Jack Jack's powers at all, but exactly. <laughs> it never happens. Never happens. He's 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 very picky about them. Yeah, he knows that the family's got it covered. I guess. Mm. Um, but the fight doesn't go well, and they don't stop him. I remember telling you my prediction. Um, for this, for the beginning of the movie, right. they were going to get their butts kicked by the Underminer, and that's not exactly what happened. But they, they definitely lose. They definitely lose the fight overall. Right? Yeah. They, he he got away with the money, mm-hmm. which he his whole goal was to blow up the foundation of the bank, and for it to fall on him to section the money out. Yeah. And, and then he he got away on his little burrow thing, which was adorable. I, I love the line where they're like, we have insurance for this stuff. Like, if you just if you guys hadn't interfered, like, this all would have been fine. It's, yeah, he's like, the banks are insured. This mm-hmm. there's The FDIC covers this stuff. Which, <laughs> I, maybe it's because I'm an adult now, and I heard that, I was like, oh, yeah, they probably do. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been bad if they just kind of let things play out. Yeah, in a world where supervillains are a thing, <laughs> there's got to be insurance for this stuff. Exactly, um, which he wasn't. He didn't have any superpowers, but he definitely went about it in a very dramatic manner. I mean, he's got some big teeth. I don't know that we can be sure <laughs> those aren't superpowers. I will say, I wonder if like Mister Incredible and him had a history, because when Mister Incredible hopped into his his you know spinny burrow thing, mm-hmm. uh, he said, "Underminer, we meet again." So yeah, I just, no, I they definitely know more about that backstory. Well, I don't. I don't want to know more about it just because I love the idea that he's that the underminer is just a villain that's just there. Like he's just he that's how it it's very comic booky. I love that he never comes back in the movie. Like he just gets away. I had some friends that when we walked out of the theater they're like the underminer never came out. That was a huge plot hole. I was like that's not that's not a plot hole. Like, yeah, it's, it's kinda, very intentional. It was it felt it did feel very like old Batman type of thing where it's like yeah. you know you have these villains that it's just their game to mm-hmm. torture the city, and that's yeah. probably Underminer's thing. And they always get their... away, and then they always come yeah. back. I mean, we even see that a little bit in Christopher Nolan's Batman movies. Like, Scarecrow is, just true. comes back at the beginning of The Dark Knight just for a little bit. Like, yeah. I love that stuff. And, and in The Dark Knight Rises, he's the um, the judge. Oh, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So, man, I, it, it's a good fight, but it ends with uh, it ends with them losing, and then getting arrested. <laughs> getting arrested because, and this is a good way to start the movie to remind us that, like, just because they succeeded at the end of the first one, like, that doesn't mean that superheroes aren't illegal now. <laughs> yeah, they didn't get forgiven. They just kind of got said like, "Hey, thanks," and then mm-hmm. life moved on. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, the the prim- the general premise for this one is that is the idea that there are people in this world who want supers to be legal again, uh, but there's a lot of people that don't want it to. And so this guy. Um... Hey guys, it's Eli here. Um, what you're about to hear is an instance of me being horribly wrong about the pronunciation of a character's name and being incredibly confident that I was correct about it. So I thought I would take this opportunity to tell our younger listeners, um, if you don't know the answers, it's okay to say that you don't know. You don't have to pretend, because when you're wrong in the end, it's just going to be worse in the long run. Anyway, back to the show. Dever is his last name. Winston? Dever. Winston, Winston Dever. Winston, Winston Dever. I think it's Dever. I think he says Dever. Dever. It, oh, it's definitely Dever. Are you because sure? His si- yes, because his sister's name is Evelyn well, I Dever. Underst- I know that's the pun, but I'm pretty sure they pronounce it Dever. Mm-mm, it's Dever. Folks, folks at home, uh, please correct Eli, because it is Dever. I can't wait for you to be wrong about this. Anyway. And he calls the company DevTech, not DevTech. Right, he does, but his name is Dever. <laughs> I... I I'm just I'm ninety percent sure, but anyway, that's okay. All right, I can't wait for you to be wrong about this. Um, I can't wait for you to be wrong. De- it's Dever. It's Dever. So, um, yeah, they, this guy wants to bring supers back. Um, he seems kind of like this shady businessman. He's very wealthy. Just like man, a, a, but... a slick, a slick salesman. Yeah, and his his whole deal is he's going to like designate someone as like an ambassador for supers to show that the world needs supers again. Um. And to show that they can do it in like a, a safe and like legal way. Um, Did you get a shady vibe from him initially? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I definitely think that they're supposed to be trying to make us think like, hmm, this might be a bad guy. But I love yeah. that he's not. He's just a good guy. <laughs> he's such a he's such a good-hearted, like innocent man. Yeah, he's a little played bit misguided. By, played by Bob Odenkirk, who is um kind of got his no- notoriety from breaking bad he was a bad he was a slick sleazeball in that uh-huh and so i guess that's probably where people kind of typecast him in that role but well, he was d- very good-hearted yeah i mean there there were definitely like leading us to believe that he was gonna be not necessarily the big bad he's kind of the mirage of this movie um because you know yeah, mirage ends up being good as well he's the, he's the MacGuffin of the whole thing yeah. more or less. um well, I would say the MacGuffin is Underminer because there's never there's never a point where we're like, oh, he's the villain, you know? Yeah, true, I guess. Um, but anyway, that's not important. Um, so that's that's the general idea. Um, and he he Wait, contacts them. Yeah. What, he contacts uh, Frozone, Elastigirl, and uh, Mister Incredible. Mm-hmm. Which uh, whenever um, Frozone approaches Mister and Mrs. Mister Incredible and Elastigirl, Mister and Mrs. Parr at the hotel by the pool. I thought I loved that scene. It it was so great, like watching Mister Incredible and Elastigirl talking about how, like, well, you know, I I guess we got to give up our lives, you know. Yeah. I guess we got to go back to being human. It, you know, for a child, probably wasn't a very exciting scene, but I don't know, just something about that was just really interesting to watch because it was like, like I said earlier, it was almost like we weren't supposed to see that. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, it it's, very it's also just beautifully animated too. I love it was too. the way they're lit standing out by the pool like that. Um, yeah. And I, I love Frozone's relation to this, relationship to this family as well. I do too. Like, I just they call, love him, the, they call him Uncle Lucius. Yeah, and he's just like, he's got a good relationship with their kids and he's just kind of always around. Um, I don't know. Not I like for him. his wife. He's not there for <laughs> honey. We never see her on screen. She um, was supposed to be in it originally, but they really? they just thought she would be a funny, um, you know, funny background voice. Which she's it's supposed to play off almost like in um, Frasier, um, Niles' wife Maris is always referred to, but you never see her. Hmm. Um, so they were they were kind of joking around and playing around like that. Um, yeah, because I'm sure that um, Frasier was the first show that ever had a character that's referenced but not on screen. No. Most famous, yeah. Well, dang, but, I, I um, wasn't trying to attack you, but then you reacted. I feel like attacked. I feel you attacked. Were, you reacted like a wounded animal, and now I feel, I feel bad. I feel attacked. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean it that way. Insert uh, sound of me logging out. <laughs> uh, Clint, Clint, I'm back. Oh, okay, that was a really good like Skype logout sound. <laughs> Thank you. I I'm, I am actually the voice of Skype. Oh, cool! Surprise! You're like the lady who voiced Siri, but exactly she didn't, she didn't know that she was her voice was going to be used for that because she just recorded like a few sentences and then they used it to like formulate an entire vocabulary of words from her. And that's so, insane to me too. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But um, um, speaking of yeah. AI, the Brad Bird's original premise for this movie was it it was going to be an AI movie, um, mm-hmm. which is like interesting. But like, I'm glad that that's not the movie we got. That's almost what the first one was, in uh-huh. a way. Well, at, least at the so. very end, at the very end, uh, the uh, Omnibot or Omnidroid, which one is it? Omnidroid, Omnidroid. Yeah, yeah. The Omnidroid became too smart for Syndrome, and so through AI, and that's when it became evil by itself. So yeah, but like the the his original like thematic premise was for this was going to be AI, which he um. He still kind of bring, kind of brings some of those ideas in with the screenslaver's speech, where she is like that, just like long speech. Oh, that's such a good scene, by the way. Yes, <laughs> where she's just like swinging through, and uh, she's uh, that. That's when she takes down the the helicopters, right? No, no, or, no. That's, yeah, or that's when she saves them she's trying to find the screenslaver. Okay, um, but whatever, whatever she is doing, she's like sneaking around and like. Doing all this cool stuff, and the whole time there's this this voiceover from the screensaver, like talking about how we're so obsessed with our screens and all this stuff. And and like, you don't play games; you watch game shows, you right? Don't, and, yeah. and and both times I've seen this, I have been paying so much attention to what's happening on the screen that I haven't really listened that much to the words. I need to the next time I watch this movie, I need to listen to to that speech because I have a feeling Brad Bird is trying to say so much through that. I but. did. I I listened. I made sure to listen to it this time because I kind of fell into that trap, um, mm-hmm. the first go around, and I'm not going to tell you what it says because I want you to hear it for yourself. Okay. But it is very, like, introspective. Okay. Uh, boy, I'm excited now. You should be. Um, can we just kind of talk about each individual character and their arc for this movie? Sure. Would that be a good way to do this? Sure. Who, who are we going to start with? Well, let's talk. Let's start with Elastigirl because she's like kind of the main deal. Yeah, as opposed to the first one, where Mister Incredible was the one 
saving the family mm-hmm. or saving the world. Uh, trying that would be while trying to save the family. And while trying the to save the family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was Elastigirl this time. Yes. And, and the, the way it was marketed, like it's very much just like, that's a very typical sequel thing to do. That's the whole premise of Toy Story 2, you know, Woody, mm-hmm. Woody and Buzz essentially switch places. And that's what they did with this one, which I think is a fine move. But I, I was just thinking the whole time in all the trailers, um, I was thinking like, I hope it's more than that. And it, it and really it, does it end up being more than that. Um, but like even in the trailers, they, they don't really show much like action other than um, a few scenes of Elastigirl in action and then like the family fighting the Underminer. So I was sitting here thinking like they've got something really big planned for the third act that they're not showing us anything about in the trailers other than that one shot of Dash running through all the portals, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the reason they couldn't show any of that is because a lot of that is them fighting other supers and masks and that kind of reveals like that's a big plot twist, I guess. I remember um, whenever the first like semi plot summary was released on IMDb, I took a screenshot of it and sent it to you. Uh-huh. And it simply just said something along the lines of Elastigirl saves the day while Mr. Incredible stays at home and watches the kids. Right. I remember, and I remember that. you saying like, oh man, I hope there's more than j- just that. Right. That would be like, if that's what all the movie was about, that would be kind of a lame movie. Um, it would be a letdown for sure. But that's not really at all what it is. And honestly, like, I think if I had seen this at a younger age, I would have been pretty disappointed with the fact that the kids really are not supers very much in this movie. Because, like, Mm-mm. you come out of the end of the first one, you're like, yes, they're a superhero team of, of people now. <laughs> they're going to be just, like, a, a family of supers the whole time in the second movie. And there's really just, like, there's a little bit at the beginning and then a little bit at the end. And But yeah. the way it works out, I think, is great. Yeah, because they're not legal still. Right. Like, they got to, which for a kid, you know, that that's probably damaging to them because they got told, like, you know, their whole life, don't do this. And then they're like, yes, do it all of a sudden. And now they're being told, no, don't do it again. So yeah. it's probably pretty conflicting for them. Right. Um, and that's, I remember telling you my prediction for, like, the way this movie starts was they get their butts kicked by the Underminer and Helen says, okay. A superhero life is no life for a kid. We're not letting our kids be supers anymore. That's mm-hmm. not exactly what happens because it's more about like the legality of it. I love that conversation between Helen and Bob, where oh, they're just like, having a, 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 phil- a philosophical discussion of like morality and the law, and like when it's okay to break the law and when it, when you have to respect the law. Um, that's such an interesting conversation. Who's who, who side? Because it was very. Um... You know, like Captain America: Civil War in a lot yeah. of ways. Um, <laughs> did you did you catch that vibe at all? Yeah, a little bit. But mm-hmm. which I mean, the them writing this movie preceded. Helen is know, definitely Team Iron Man, and Bob is definitely Man. Team Cap. Team Cap, yeah, for sure. But who whose side do you land on with this? Uh, I mean, I think the right answer is in the middle. I, which is, um, I just think, I I think that. Bob is obviously too gung ho about like just let's be supers again because but I think um, Helen is probably a little bit too hesitant to be to to like let her kids participate in superhero work. I don't know. I, I feel like she's far more level headed than Mister Incredible is. Yeah, definitely. I I agree with that. But I also think like Winston Deaver. Yeah, I said Deaver. Um, mm, his whole one. plan. <laughs> um, it seems like a trap from the get go. 
but really Indra does end up being a trap, but it's not him. Like his mm-hmm. his like superhero um ambassador plan like ultimately ends up working to legal legalize superheroes. Um so yeah, that's the fine line is like the, they're they're operating within the law. Um it's questionable like is when she's driving around on her motorcycle um like she's literally just riding around the city at first and it's using like, is, she, is she being a elite like is she breaking the law or not i don't think it's really clear um yeah at, w- at what point is a vigilante because that's all they would be at this point because before mm-hmm. they kind of had some government backing but now they are vigilantes out on their own being sponsored by like a private endeavor you know right unintended a private endeavor sorry but um you know at what point would she be breaking the law i think i would need to see powers i would need to read the bill that was passed (laughs) when (laughs) mr incredible saved that guy from suicide because it's it's hard to know like we know that superheroes are illegal but that's does that mean using your powers at all is illegal or yeah, like, it mean, would you like, be put in jail because you used your powers? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, interesting question. The movie doesn't go into all that, which it can't. It only has so much time, and it's got a right, lot exactly. of ideas to it explore. Is, and it, you've mentioned time. This is the longest-running Pixar movie ever. Yeah. Um, what's the runtime like for it? It, it is. Um, I got it right little. here. I'm going to get it first. I'm going to get it first. Probably. Um, one hour and fifty-eight minutes. Oh, so close to being two hours. How long was it? One hour and fifty-eight minutes. Oh, come on. Yeah, why couldn't they have got those two extra minutes in there? I don't know. Man, can you imagine? Because you know they they animate these things by by the scene. Like if you are an animator, animator, your team is assigned to like one scene from the movie. Imagine mm-hmm. if you worked for years on this one scene and it was the one scene cut from the movie. Oh my god, <laughs> that would be horrible. <laughs> I'd hope that they would at least like get to the storyboarding and then say, "Ah, eh, let's cut it before they made them right actually animate it." Yeah, normally, I mean, because sometimes they'll include it as a deleted scene, and like you can tell that the animation is not quite finished. So I guess right. normally it won't get all the way to the end of the process before they cut it. But I mean, that's entirely possible that they could be like, you know, this one scene's cut, not too yeah, nice, tough. So nuts. Let's cut it. <laughs> I'd hate, I'd hate for them to say that, but, you know, whatever. I would hate for Brad Bird to say tough nuts to me. I would hate for Brad Bird to look at me in the eye and say tough nuts. Hey, tough nuts. Tough nuts. I would actually love that. I just want to mm-hmm. hang out with Brad Bird. I'm sure he's such a weirdo. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he's very aggressive. I feel like he reminds me of my middle school band director. Really? Yeah. Do you remember Mr. Howard? We went to high school together, not middle no, school. No, I, I never met him. I never Shout met out to him. Mr. Howard. You remind me of Brad Bird. Um... Man, I would love to Passionate. have Brad Bird as my band director. Or maybe Michael Giacchino. <laughs> Brad Bird is our drama teacher. <laughs> uh, man, that would be great. Yeah. Um, but, um, anyway, you know, we're talking bit... about Helen's arc, right? <laughs> yeah, we are. We're talking about Helen. What did you think about her new super suit? Um, I liked it, but it's not as good as an Edna suit. Not as good as an Edna suit because it ripped. It did rip, yeah. The and that was ramp. a little bit like, okay, so the suit had to rip so that she could put on her regular red suit. Right, <laughs> <All exactly>. right. <laughs> But Whatever, it, it I'll did take look, it. It did look cheaper, I guess, than, mm-hmm. the, than the Edna suit because you could see, like, the actual fibers in the suit and see where it was, like, stitched together where the Edna suit just seemed like one piece, more or yeah. less. Well, Edna's world class. That's true. Um, She's darling. 
Yeah, I do like the color scheme of it. I like the darker colors that she has. Um, it's it was sweet. very different from yeah. all of her other ones. Yeah. Um. So so Helen's arc is basically she's she's going out. She's doing the hero work because the reason they pick her is because um she is less of uh she's she's does a good job of cleaning up her messes basically i i loved that reasoning and yeah, it made it total makes a lot sense, of sense to me mm-hmm. it, i was like why would they choose elastigirl the cynic in me was like okay they're doing it to you know put the female character in the spotlight obviously mm-hmm. which that's okay but um i thought you know if, the, but, if that's the reason they're doing it, it would be a little heavy-handed it, it makes perfect sense um, it does because it's like they ran a cost benefits analysis they don't want to destroy things while they're trying to get you on the good side they want to get somebody who's slick and clean and yeah you know whatever um, it's like okay that actually makes total sense for them to use and that just girl. feeds into bob's insecurity that scene where they're talking in bed and he's like you're and you'll do great and she's like that was excruciating that, that that's a really funny scene yeah um man they're such a great couple i love them i want they have a I, good dynamic yeah i want to be a part of their family mm-hmm I want Elastigirl to be my mommy. <laughs> I'm sure there's some fan fiction out there where you can <laughs> you can call a number and somebody will talk to you like uh, like Elastigirl. Oh, no. uh, will you be my girl. mommy? I already have a mommy. I don't think um. so. I don't think so. <laughs> okay, can we act this out a little bit? Okay, sure. Yeah, no, wait, act- no. I just thought I I zoomed forward in in time. 30 seconds into what this is going to turn into. I won't and be I'm dirty, I promise. I won't be dirty. Okay, so this is, let's establish this. All this is, is someone <laughs> who needs a mommy, a real mommy. <laughs> so it's like a Peter Pan situation. <laughs> yes. I'm a lost boy in Peter Pan. I just want to talk to a mother figure. This is all okay. this is. Okay. Okay. I'm going to call you. Beep, boop, beep, right. boop. Helen Parr speaking. Hello. Uh, hey, my name is Timothy. I'm in the fourth grade, and um, I uh, my mom's out of town this week, and I got I got a D minus on my math test, and I just wanted to I just wanted to talk to someone. Oh, Timothy, that's 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 okay. You know, sometimes your grades just have to be flexible. You gotta you gotta learn from your mistakes, and sometimes we fail, but it's it's the the motivation to get back up and try again is where you're a real hero. Wow, thanks, Mom. Can I call you Mom? Sure, you can call me Mom. No, call me Helen. Helen? My mom never, my real mom never let me call her by her first name. Well, I'm not your real mom, technically, but y- all right, you can call me Mom. <laughs> okay. Um, and Mom, um, I was just yes, wondering, Timothy. since my real mom went out of town all week, um, I haven't had a lunch at school Every every day this week, I was wondering if you could come and make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to take to school tomorrow. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Click. Oh, that was good. Oh man, chills, Improv. chills. <laughs> and scene. how did you get Holly Hunter to come into the studio? I keep her on rotation. Her and Craig T. Nelson sit here and watch me. <laughs> can you do a Craig T. Nelson? I can try. Let's let's hear it. Actually, okay. can we do it? Can we do the same thing? But this is Daddy Line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna call you. Beep boop, beep boop. Hey, it's me, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Hey, um, I can do it. I promise. Let's try this again. Okay, okay. Beep boop beep boop. Hey, it's me, Craig D. Nelson. Hey, this is Timothy. Um, I just I, my dad's out of town this week, and and I I won my big baseball game, and I didn't have anyone to tell, and I just wanted to tell someone. Um, do you remember me from Coach? <laughs> No, uh, I, I just, who is this? Is this daddy line? I, I, I wanted to talk to a daddy figure. <laughs> no, we have to cut this off now. You can't say daddy line while we're trying to be clean. <laughs> you, that's not what I meant. Anyway. And. <laughs> Whoo. Elastigirl's character arc. Yeah. I think it's time to, you know, wrap hers up. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the, the idea is she, she. Um, she's she's awesome in this movie. <laughs> is that all I need to say? That scene where she's driving her motorcycle around and the motorcycle splits in half and it stretches her and then she goes around the tunnel. Oh! Um, that was really fantastic. cool. Where she's riding on both sides of the tunnel. Yeah, it's freaking amazing. And then um, yeah. I like the part where she had to abandon the elasticycle and it blew up, and then she like flattens herself down to like the size of a pancake. Yeah, to get she- to fit under the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Man, she just kills it in this movie. Um, and then in the end, um, she she realizes that I guess su- superheroes are important. <laughs> yeah, and they, I mean, so the movie does end with supers being legalized. She kind of becomes more of an optimist, I guess. Yeah. At the end of it, because she was definitely very pessimistic about it. Yeah. Um, who do you want to talk about next, Bob? Uh, yeah, Bob probably, Mister Incredible, Bob Parr. Craig T. Nelson himself. Craig T. Nelson, Bob Pard, Craig Craig T. Coach Nelson. Um, when I heard that the movie was gonna be like primarily him at home taking care of the kids, I was a little skeptical because I was just like, man, I want to see like Mr. Incredible in action. But I guess I really underestimated the potential comedy of that because mm-hmm. there's just so many funny moments that result from that. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. I think. Watching his relationship with trying to figure out Jack Jack is hilarious. Yeah, oh, like not great. only trying to figure out figure him out as a superhero because it's funny because he can understand him as a superhero. As a baby, he has a hard time understanding him. Yeah. Um. In both movies, there's sort of this underlying thing where Violet is a lot more difficult for the parent who is stuck with her to deal with than dash is because like in in the first one you know dash uses his powers to get them to land and helen's like oh you did such a great job and she just pats him on the head or whatever and he's like haha and like that's like all dash needs but like violet is sitting there in the background sulking because like she just feels so inadequate because she can't use her powers and it's like it's she can't like you know she can't control her force field and all that um yeah and in the same and the same kind of thing happens in this one like mr incredible so click quickly figures out how to like help dash with his math and dash yeah. is just like wow you're great you're such a good dad <laughs> like early in the movie but he's then, very like, easy to please <laughs> yeah but he can't like, he cannot figure out how to solve violet's um boy problem which her, is great her, her loaf problems his her her loaf her Tony love problems um her TL problems she yeah. and he so confidently has this idea to like take her to what's it called the happy platter the happy platter um, um I just, I just love works. his optimism in that situation and that's it, like it, just a funny scene 
it's almost saddening in a way because it's like he thinks he's about to just dunk on being dad of the year. Yeah. And he's like, oh, man, I got this one. And you can tell he's like got a good heart about it. Yeah. And then like us looking from the outside in, um, obviously, we know that it's not going to go well. Yeah. So you, you kind of feel you, you see the outcome before it happens. Mm hmm. Um, so. And like you said, the scene where Violet spits out the water is just so funny. But um, his like in his little rant um, where he's like hasn't gotten any sleep and he's like ranting about how he's like trying so hard to be a good dad. That's also a really funny scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think this movie, as good at it as it is, is flawed. And one okay. of the flaws that I can think of is Edna's involvement in this movie is a little bit shoehorned. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. I just I don't did, quite like, buy that he I goes to her the for babysitting. Yeah. But why go to her, you know? Well, I've been thinking about this a lot because I was trying to think, like, I know this isn't quite as good as the first one, and I don't really know why. And I think that's one of the reasons is, like, of course Edna's got to be in this movie. Like, she was one of the most beloved characters from the first one. But um, it it makes a little bit of sense because, like, there's not very many people in Bob's life that, like, know that his family is a family of, a family of supers. Mm-hmm. And, like, he had already consulted with Frozone. So, like, who else is he going to go to to, like make them take this baby. But I just, it's, it's a little weird that that's what brings her into this movie is Bob needs a babysitter. Yeah, I did. Although her involvement in the movie, I liked the fact that she was kind of like the superhero scholar. Uh Like she was the one that could figure out what was up with Jack Jack. She gave the terminology as to what he was like his turn, his genus as a superhero. Yeah. As like a polymorph meaning that he could change his physical state in many different directions. And um, I I liked the interaction with her and Jack-Jack, just like learning to be a mother, more or less. I did like that, but I agree with you. It did feel a little forced for her to be introduced into the movie in this capacity. Yeah, um, but I mean, at the same time, it really works because that one shot of her walking down the hall with Jack-Jack just walking beside her, imitating her, like... Mm -hmm. um, Her cigarette. Oh, it's so funny. (laughs) It's hilarious, because it's so funny looking. Which we could probably argue that Jack-Jack has some minor form of super intelligence, because yeah, well, clearly a smart baby. People have been talking about how Jack-Jack was the star of the show, and even in the initial reviews that came out, I I kept seeing, like, Jack-Jack steals the show, and I was like, really? Is that, like is that really how, how what I'm going to like about this movie so much? And it totally is. He's so yeah. funny. I was worried he was going to be like a minion type character. Yeah. You know, but he wasn't, he was his own character and they gave you just enough of him, mm-hmm. which He's let's, so let's funny. talk about Jack, Jack for a little bit. Let's how talk about Jack, Jack. Huh? 17. He has 17 powers, 17 powers. Sure. I think that's what I they say. So. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, the scene where he's kind of showcased, and even his family doesn't know at this time that he has powers, is hilarious. Yeah, um, it's it's very I and the way the scene that where Bob finally finds out that he has powers is probably my favorite scene in the movie mm-hmm. because it's literally like this kung fu fight 
between a baby and a raccoon. A raccoon. <laughs> and that I talked a little bit in the last episode about how the first one has these moments where it just gets all of a sudden really cartoony. And this is very much one of those moments where it's mm-hmm. it turn it turns into like this Looney Tunes cartoon where it's a baby versus a raccoon. It's like very violent. <laughs> He's like punching and kicking the raccoon. Yeah, and like I, tearing I was just each sitting, other apart. I was sitting in the theater just like, what am, what am I watching? This is this is amazing. And even um, like the musical cues that they used yeah. for it were very Looney Tunes esque. Yeah, it's so it's so funny. And then, and then Bob just like runs out, and he's and Jack Jack's cloning himself, and he's like trying to catch all the clones, mm-hmm. and then he finally gets a second to like actually think, and he's like, "You have powers." Yeah, uh, it's so great. Which he and then he realizes he he thinks that his power is just limited to like kind of morphing and going through walls and then multiplying, yeah. and then he realizes, oh, it's a lot more than that. Yeah. Which uh, let's talk. Which one was your favorite Jack Jack power? My favorite Jack Jack power. Um, let's see. I think, I think the clone, the cloning is probably the funniest, where he multiplies himself. Mm-hmm. Just the idea of all all these babies rolling around. <laughs> that, so that, funny that's to what me. I was gonna say too, because I think it's probably the most unique out of all uh-huh. of them. Is that he can multiply himself at will, and by all means, they each have their own individual consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> I love. Uh, I also love the the laser eyes just because it's very funny when they're shooting him like a gun. <laughs> they just yeah. like, pew pew pew. Um, I also like how when he's about to chop down the umbrella, he goes like cross eyed to make the, uh, you know, to chop down the umbrella that the raccoon's yeah. hiding on. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a smart baby. He is uh, probably uh, super intelligent. Who knows? Um. Yeah, Jack Jack's great. Um. Was there anything else we need to say about Bob? I mean. Um, I mean, he, he learned, I guess, to, that, that, I I don't know, being a hero is not always using your powers. It's also being there for people and going above and beyond. I mean, his his arc in this movie is the arc about parenting, which very much in the, in the first one, like that's, that's a lot of what, uh, what Helen is dealing with. She's the one dealing with Mm -hmm. the kids, but like. He's just learns that parenting is a journey. And <laughs> yeah. It's, he it's, le- he he's far less selfish at the uh, very end of it, I think. Yeah. Um Violet is I love her story in this movie. Um she I has just a think, lot of ups and downs. I really thought from the from that first scene that the whole secret identity thing was going to be more of what the movie was about mm-hmm. based on the fact that that's what starts the movie. Her little uh, uh, Tony, her little mishap with Tony. Um, yeah. It really doesn't end up being that big of a deal, but I do love that she like renounces superheroes, and then she renounces yeah. her renunciation. I um, like that scene where she, you know, she says, "I renounce superheroes," and she throws the suit into the uh, trash compact or into the you know trash shredder. Or what's yeah. it called? Garbage disposal. <laughs> and, the trash shredder. Uh, that's right. The trash shredder, and uh, it's so well made. The suit's so well made that it can't get chopped up or whatever. Yeah, it's an Edna suit. It's an Edna suit. It's in it's in good shape. And then, uh, and and then in the the final fight, she she takes Jack Jack and she tells you know she tells Bob like, hey, uh, I need to stay with Jack Jack because that's what's going to keep him safest. And he's like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Um, that's a good little little yeah. moment. Um. Jack- Dash doesn't really have like a huge character arc. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Is I think that's the other flaw that I wanted to bring up in this movie is I think at Dash does have an arc in the first one. It's very small. It's not what the movie's about, but it's his like the idea that he grows up a little bit by the end and learns 
Um, that there's like a right and wrong time to use your powers. Mm-hmm. There's really nothing for him in this one. He's very funny. Like there's a lot of really funny moments. Yeah. But there's he's not like he's not a big deal. But um, I don't know. He he's a lot of fun in this movie. I'm a fan. I'm a Dash fan. I I was really happy that we got to see a lot more of Frozone. Yeah. Well. And you got to see the full ex- like at least a, a hint of the extent of his powers. Yeah, he definitely kind of saves the day at the end. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of mostly him. <laughs> mm. Yeah, um, he, the, the ship slows down from mm-hmm. crashing into the city, and then he just, like, creates a snowstorm in front of it. Yeah. Uh, and he does that in the first one, too, doesn't he? At some point, he does, like, some huge snowstorm that stops the Omnidroid. Um, he just makes, like, ice walls in front of it. Yeah, but I think he does get a little more screen time in this one. Yeah. Um, what did you think of all of the the superhero side characters that Helen meets? Um, um like like uh, Void and uh, I didn't Reflux. like Void personally. What? I didn't. I don't know. I I, I maybe it's because I didn't get to see as much of her as I could have. Yeah. Uh, it it seemed like she was very. We're gonna use this term again shoehorned her relationship with elastigirl was very shoehorned and unrealized i don't don't agree with that at all i don't know i just feel like i didn't get it didn't get to see her enough for me to buy that she would be like a really viable skilled teammate you know uh i just don't know what else we would need to see from her i just like i I love that she like idolizes elastigirl i like that yeah um I love, I mean, her powers are super cool. <laughs> I love her teaming up with Elastigirl at the end. Um, yeah, I, I just think, I mean, I li- I love the idea of there being other supers in the world who've been living in secret and they're kind of bringing them out of hiding. And they needed to have one character kind of be the the front, the front man, so to speak, of that group, you know? And I don't know. I, I enjoyed Void. I thought she was a cool character. I liked, I wanted to see more of Reflux. Personally. I definitely want to see more of Reflux um, in Incredibles 3. Because you can argue, you know, he was an old man, so he was probably around in, like, the peak season, the heyday of That's Supers. True. I would love for him to be the inv- the villain of Incredibles 3. I feel like he could, like, if he and Frozone faced off, that'd be kind of cool. Oh, that could be pretty sweet. Yeah, but he was just, like, this sweet old man that vomited lava. So uh-huh. kind of kind of cool. Yeah. Um I think my least favorite out of all of them was the Crusher. <laughs> Why? I, I don't know. I just cuz he crushed things. That's all he did. He just used telekinesis to crush and that was it. That was it. Yeah, his his power is really telekinesis, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but he calls it crushing. I don't know. The Maybe crushing, he can yeah. only do like an inward an inward force, you know? I, I, I guess. Don't know. Um he was I, he was kind of interesting. I, I liked his line where he's like, "What do you want me to do? Uncrush it? Like, how are you? What and what yeah. are you gonna do? Unpunch someone? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, that was funny. But um, I, I I agree with you. I liked that we got to see kind of supers from not only around America but also around the world. Yes, that were kind of like their their own versions of Mister Incredible around the world. You know, mm-hmm. it's pretty. That was pretty interesting. Um. One criticism I've been hearing about this movie is the villain, and I mm-hmm. was curious what your thoughts on that are. I do think that the villain was weaker than the first one. Uh, how so? Well, I mean, 
they both had probably pretty good intentions by all intents and purposes. Uh, I think I don't think Syndrome did at all. <laughs> I well he like had, he has an understandable origin story like being shunned by Mister Incredible, but I don't. Well, think when I when I say intentions, his intent no not I mean neither are honorable in any way, but um, Syndrome's intentions were to make people that wanted to be supers supers. So his was very outward, you know, facing. He had other people in mind. Evelyn's, uh, Winston's sister, who was kind of the tech guru of the company that they co-ran together, mm-hmm. hers was a little more selfish, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, are you saying that's a reason she's a weaker villain, though? I'm saying that's maybe not why um, I enjoyed her as much. Um, I don't. I definitely did not have an issue i can understand where that's coming from like the idea of there's not a strong villain because like she's never she's almost like the villain in civil war that we already talked about that um yeah some some parallels with this movie like zemo she's never really just like out fighting people um she was definitely the the puppet master that's really all she was yeah and I don't I don't know. I thought she was a very interesting character. I don't feel like I fully understand her motivation and her like intentions for like her long term plan for all this. Um but that, that that's I, why I think I don't she think was that's a, a flaw selfish. of the movie. I, I wanna rewatch it until I fully understand it and listen to that screenslaver speech a little bit better because I it took me several viewings to fully understand syndrome, I think. Um, I think I, I mean I, I think like that her a lot. He was a better really he was a better character. villain. I mean I think we can agree on that he was a little more enjoyable to watch. I don't know if I can was. agree on that. Um, really? Maybe I I don't know. I just I definitely I do not have any problems with Evelyn as a villain at all. Um, I, I will say I liked her more in the second viewing than I did the first one. Yeah, I just think she's so interesting. Um, and there's, I need to watch it a few more times to fully like grasp her. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I that was not a, f- a flaw in the movie at all to me. And also, I just think the whole this whole thing where we look at superhero movies and like one of the big boxes we have to check is like, does it have a cool villain? Like, I just don't really care. Like, as long as there's like, <laughs> as long as there's conflict and like a good story and like interesting characters, like, I don't care if we have a cool villain. I don't, I don't need that. It's like a good plus if we have that. I think we should probably touch on maybe what her motivation is. You talking about the backstory with their dad? Yeah, her, her little bit of backstory, mm-hmm. yeah. So her her dad was a huge advocate for supers. He um he made he had a direct line to Gazer Beam and Fironic, mm-hmm. which Gazer Beam shot lasers from his eyes, Fironic I think had like fire powers. But um he uh he was a huge advocate for him he he was a lobbyist for them he raised money to keep them in line and um when supers were made illegal uh mr dever his his house was broken into and he got up and he was going to call the supers he was going to call gazer beam and fironic and uh-huh. both of both of the lines were dead because supers were illegal so that he didn't have a direct line to them anymore and he got killed because of it the the burglars shot him and um, Winston's, his son Winston was arguing that he died because supers were no longer legal, and Evelyn, the sister, was arguing that he died because he did not use his common sense. 
right. and he was relying too heavily on supers. So that's why her, her motivation is to get rid of people's reliance on other things and outside forces and actually think for themselves. Yes, and I really like that idea that they both responded to this event in very different ways because it's sort of, that's the whole tension of this movie because it's almost the same tension that is between Bob and Helen. Like, Bob yeah. is very much like, let's bring supers back. Like, the world needs them. Helen is like, let's like let's back let's think off about this and like, bit. respect yeah. the law and like maybe we don't have to be superheroes in order to solve the world's problems. Um, but Helen is I, the good version of, I think Helen is the good version of Evelyn. And I think yeah, that I, in I a way say, Bob is the good version of Winston. I will say El- Helen said something that I think was a better way that Evelyn should have thought of, thought about it, thought about her intentions. Uh-huh. Um, she said to, um, what'd she say? To save my family, I have to break the law. What did she say? To, um, yeah, we you know need to get that about? line right. I'm going to look it up because that's a yeah. good line. Let's pause that really quick. To save my uh, family, I have to leave them. To respect the law, I have to break it. Yes. Yes, yeah. that that's great. Here, let, that, let me say let me say that again, where it um, okay. it's actually going to be editable. Okay. Um, she gives a speech where, or she's talking to Bob um, after you know they're in their motel and everything. They're in bed and um, kind of talking about how maybe this was the correct way that Evelyn could have looked at her motivation. Helen said, um, "To save my family, I have to leave them, and to respect the law, I have to break it." And so. That's kind of what great happened line. with Evelyn. Yeah, it is a great line because it's like there's that conflict there. Like, it, what's what, what's more important, your family or the law? Uh huh. Um. Yeah, I think that man. That's just one of those lines that these movies always tend to have. It's like that's yeah. like what that the whole thing is about. It's the Getty image for these pictures. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jay Leno really endorses this. Uh, yeah. So, um, it, what else do we need to talk about? I mean, there's a big fight at the end, and it's awesome. I love that we get to see Helen and Bob fight each other. That's cool. That was cool. I will. Uh, one thing we probably need to talk about is the, the quote unquote villain, the uh, the screen slaver, um, that's put up. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess when I brought up the villain, I was referring to the screenslaver as well because i mean evelyn is the screenslaver um, right exactly she hired like what she does um she hypnotizes people with the technology that she's developed and she like kidnapped a pizza guy that had the right build for what she mm-hmm. thought the screenslaver should look like yeah and then she put on these glasses over him to hypnotize him and make him think that he was a screenslaver and she kind of you know controlled him to fight elastigirl and then he was caught pretty easily and, and uh, that whole fight is just amazing but it also like caused some seizures apparently or like could have and so i think <laughs> it, 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 it had enough people worried yeah, yeah. The, the theater had to put up a warning of thing that's like hey flashing lights you know yeah. big moving thing colorful i started moving things. seeing a bunch of stuff on facebook about that and it was like oh that's like a good point like <laughs> that yeah definitely that's a, could that's a some stuff. neurological disorder that some children might have but I'm just surprised that they were e- even got the green light to put something like that in there. Yeah, like a, a fl- like essentially 
Elastigirl and the foe Screenslaver are fighting in this, like, cage, basically, with all these flashing, like, spinning wheels and um, Warshack pictures coming up, basically. Yeah, it is weird that that never came up before the release, but... Yeah, uh, man, that's, that's like, cool hey, this might though. cause a problem, but uh-huh. I liked it. It was really cool looking. Kind of hard to look at, not gonna lie, Yeah, at, at times, but it was really cool looking. But um, Helen, Helen essentially, you know, defeats the screen slaver, and then there's like they're at it having um, like a banquet, and then she and Evelyn are talking. And she's like, you know, it's kind of weird how it was so easy for me to defeat him, and she came to the conclusion that it wasn't actually him. And then Evelyn slaps on the glasses, and Helen becomes uh, the evil puppet at this point. Yeah, I've seen the movie. I know what happens. Congrats. Um, yeah, that I it, and it leads up to a, a, a third act where the this the conflict is mainly supers fighting other superheroes. Supers. Yeah. So um, the the cruise ship was a really cool set piece or not cruise ship, whatever that was. Boat. It's the called boat. a hydrofoil. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, sure. Um, yeah, I th- that's a really fun fight. We didn't see any of that in the trailers. Like we didn't even know there was a boat in this movie. So. Yeah, um, exactly. That was definitely a surprise, which mm-hmm. I liked it. Um, and then it ends with uh, Evelyn gets arrested. And mm-hmm. uh, I love that Helen saves her, and she's like, just because you saved me doesn't mean you're right. Um, yeah, and she says, but it does mean that you're alive. Yep. Because well, we need to talk about that just a little bit. Evelyn's flying a plane mm-hmm. to escape away, and Helen is on the plane, and Evelyn has the uh, the like mask, the oxygen mask. Which, at that point, when she puts on the oxygen mask, it's almost like she's become the screen slaver then, because she has that mask on at that point. So it's like, that's her su- that's her villain suit, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was really uh, cool. But, um, so, and why, then, why, is, why is that her villain suit? Well, she was, like, dressed in all black, and that kind of oh. looked, and it kind of looked like the hypnotizing thing, basically, yeah. that she, the screen slaver puts out. And then she had the mask on, the, like, Bane mask that yeah. the screen slaver wore so it's like oh she's kind of realized what she's looking like i guess that was just but, so that they can make action figures of her as a super villain I as guess. the screen slaver yeah yeah but um she's like flying the plane and then helen gets a flare gun and shoots the oxygen tank and that shoots evelyn out the window <laughs> and then helen uses the parachute move and saves her yeah, it's like her third use of the, the parachute move in this movie. No, I counted. It was the fifth use. <laughs> Are you serious? I counted. Wow. But, That's a good um, move. It is. It's a good move. I will say this is the first Pixar movie where the protagonist has shot a gun. So The there's first? There's notoriety there. This is the first and only Pixar movie where the pro- protagonist has shot a gun. Referring to Elastigirl? Yeah, whenever but not the flare gun. That's like a flare gun. gun. When, oh, okay. No, 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 not, not the flare flare gun. When she's trying to get into one of the doors and the door's locked, she uses like a police officer's pistol and shoots open the door. Oh, man. My kids aren't seeing this movie. <laughs> kids um, should only know that bad guys shoot guns. Right. Even flare guns. Even um, flare guns are bad. Yep. So, yeah. What, what do you think about this movie overall? What did I think about it? Yeah. Do you like it? I couldn't yes, tell. Yes, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. And it is definitely, like the first one, it takes a second viewing for you to realize how genius it is. Yes. I think it's going to take four or five more for me. There's yeah. a slight chance that I could watch this six more times and then realize it's better than the first one. 
I kind of doubt so, that, yeah. but it could happen. I mean, I feel like it definitely... Do you feel like this movie played more towards kids or more towards people our age? Uh, I, I think it's both. Like, I would say more towards people our age, I guess. That's what but, I was being, thinking, too. But there's plenty of like stuff for kids to find hilarious with the Jack-Jack stuff and all that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I uh, think it was definitely geared towards our generation to make us feel like kids again. And I think they did a good job of that. I, I don't even think so. I just think Brad Bird is making a movie for him because like, I don't think it's like, Oh, the, the people who watched Incredibles as a kid, as a kid are older. Now we need to aim it toward them. I think both times Brad Bird was just trying to make a really cool action movie. And so that's what comes through instead of it being just a kid's movie. It's, it's just a good action movie. And then it's it is a really good action movie. He Brad Bird is really good at directing action, I will say. Yeah, he's the best. I mean, he's the best action director. Uh, name and one it probably better. takes a lot to animate a good action scene. Nah, it's probably easy. You think so? Yeah, you just, you just it's just punches and stuff. Yeah, you, you, you just you, you make the punches and it just says bang and pow and right. whoosh. Mm-hmm. Bang pow whoosh. That's Have all you seen a Spy Kids movie? It's this great, and I, it looks super easy to make. I could have done it. Probably the best fight sequence I've ever seen, if I'm being completely honest. Which one? Spy Kids. The, just the whole movie? <laughs> the whole movie. The best fight scene I've ever seen. It's one long fight scene if you've never seen Spy Kids. That's true. Um, yeah. Spy Kids, one long fight scene. I agree. I think this movie is almost perfect. It's not perfect. It's got some flaws. But uh, I'm a fan overall. Um, our three questions, do you want to go through those? Yeah, sure. Uh, is this movie good for kids? Yes, we've already. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we talked about course. this. It's it great. It's for great kids. for kids. It does for kids. have some very mild language in it. It does, um, which we do. We're going kind of out of order here, but we'll touch on that in a minute. It says, okay. uh, it says hell and damn. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll get to that in one of our segments here in a moment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I still think it's good for kids. Um, maybe not a five-year-old, but maybe right. an eight or nine-year-old. Sure, a, definitely a kid, a kid, a kid that's seen some stuff. <laughs> yeah, a well-seasoned um, kid. Can is see it good for movie. adults? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, I think this movie would be great even if you hadn't seen the first one. Mm-hmm. You might not yeah. like it as much because you don't have the emotional attachment. You don't understand the characters, but it would still be great. Um, yeah, agreed. Do you think this movie will stand the test of time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. it will stand the test of time. I think I it's going to get better and better on every rewatch for me. Yeah, it, so. it's that Pixar movies just have a good way of marinating, I guess. Yeah. If that's the best way to put it. Ye- marinating. Talk They're more gonna... about m- movie marination. So you gotta get the movie, all right? And the movie it's gotta be it's gotta be tender. And you put it in a plastic baggie. Then you put some spice in there. You put some onions. You put some some thyme. And then you just kind of let them sit for at least a few days. And then you pull it out, and you got a nice seasoned movie. We need to talk about the fact that you just said thyme as if that's the pronunciation of time. I know I said it wrong. Oh dang it! I'm sorry. You dang idiot! I, I've seen uh, Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> uh, but you better you better not um, take it out of the bag early, or you, else you might get the good dinosaur or Cars <laughs> Two. Yeah, you're gonna don't. Yeah, th- those movies they did not put any time into those. 
I actually haven't seen The Good Dinosaur. I've heard that it's fine, but not. Oh, uh, yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard that it's fine. Cars 2 really is it. an abomination to man. It's garbage, which let's talk about this for a minute. Do you uh-huh. know what the budget for Incredibles 2 was? Nope. $200 million. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of cheddar. More than I've got in my wallet, am More I right? I, I've got $300 million, so step off, punk. Wow. But do you know what the budget for Cars was? Uh. It's for $40. <laughs> also $200 million. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% hilarious. serious. But, um, yeah, it's the, just a bad decision-making is what resulted in that one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, Incredibles does have the highest-grossing week of an animated movie. Uh, domestically, it made $180 million opening week, and um, globally, I think it made like $290 million, which yeah. is obscene. I, I truly hope that this movie like makes people take animated movies more seriously, seriously in the future yeah. and not just see, seeing them as like just kids' movies. They're, they gotta, can be kids' movies, but they don't have someplace. to be. It's yeah. got to start out with this. It's got to start out being a moneymaker, and then people will realize that they can back it more, I guess. Well, there have been, there have been plenty of like adult animated movies, but there have not been a lot of, one, animated movies that are good for kids and adults, kids and adults both and then two animated movies that are good for kids and adults both and make a lot of money this is probably the first one of those ever (laughs) yeah that's true that uh, it's almost universally praised which on imdb incredibles 2 does have a higher rating than the first one but really you know yeah give it some time because there are a lot of like you know three and four star reviews for the first one that came out last year yeah so give it some time i'll give it some time but uh oh oh ow do you feel that feel no what what are you talking that? about uh, there's there's something in, welling out inside of me oh no oh, oh no oh no it's me sinful clint sinful so, clint's here oh no sinful clint get out of the studio we don't want hey, you here i'm here to talk about a segment that we like to call sinful moments sinful moments <laughs> yeah so, uh, what Sinful Moments is, is uh, a segment that we use where we go through the Parents' Guide version, or I'm sorry, the Parents' Guide section of IMDb of this movie, touching on subjects of sex and nudity, violence and gore, profanity, uh, <laughs> alcohol, slash drug, slash smoking abuse, and then frightening and intense scenes. So, uh, we just go through each section. Uh, Eli, you want to start with our fan favorite? Yeah, so we doing this same thing where I just guess what's in it, and you tell me if I'm right or not. Yep. So let's start. Uh, with we talking uh, about sex and nudity. We're talking about sex and nudity right now. So you wanna you wanna you wanna go through? Um. Yeah. Let me think. I. I mean, I'm. Pr- I'm sure there's probably something about just like tight clothes in general. Yes. Um. It, but I, that's uninteresting. I want to think. Is there something more than that? Don't tell me what it is. There is one. Oh my word! I am actually surprised that they have this written out in the parents guide because parents write this and okay. the way they worded this is obscene to me <laughs> let me think um <laughs> i'm gonna use a cuss in this so get okay, ready that's fine um uh I, I give up what is it it's elastigirl suit is very revealing as the film focuses on her ass <laughs> what they say that in the parents guide section and that's not something users can edit that's hilarious uh, the, the first one. Wait, yes, uh, it is. I've done it before. 
You can edit in the parents' guide? I think so. You used to be able to. Maybe you can't. I don't think you can anymore because okay. I used to edit trivia p- things in parents' guide all the time. Or I'm sorry, yeah. in IMDb all the time. Yeah. But I'm just surprised that it says that. Um, one of them in It is Sex a centerpiece of the film. It is. <laughs> It is. It is. Which it, there's a an editor I think for the Washington Post. Did you hear about this? This guy? Uh, no. That he he wrote a piece that was just like hardcore lusting after Elastigirl. Oh my! Like God. to hentai level, and he got fired because of it. <laughs> wow. As why, as he I, should. I don't understand. Like, why? Why is that your takeaway from this movie? It was in the Washington Post. He was That's a insane. movie reviewer, and his thing was just like, Elastigirl's thick. I want some of that. Yeah, whatever. But get, um, get out of here, another weirdo. another part of the sex and nudity section, I like the wording for this one. It just says, "This is ab- there is absolutely no sex throughout the entire film. No nudity except Jack-Jack's diaper change. That's a victory for the kingdom of heaven right there. <laughs> clap, clap, <laughs> clap, 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 heaven. But, uh, yeah, that's that's in the sex and nudity section. I mean, it, all it really outlines is, like you said, uh, you know, tight clothing, blah, blah, blah. So yep. uh, which section do you want to choose next? Um, let's see. Tell me which one is the most interesting from because you're the one that's looking at it, and we'll cover mm-hmm. that one. Uh, let's see here. The most interesting. Um, I mean, we already talked about the profanity part right. where they say, like, hell damn and oh god and stuff. Yeah, they say hell damn. Hell damn. (laughs) Hail damn. But um, (laughs) H-A-I-L-D-A-M-M. Yeah. Um, D-A-M, sorry. But um, let's go through the uh, violence and gore section, because that section is long. Um, I mean, I don't even know what to say, because the whole movie is very violent. Is there something in there about how a, a raccoon basically beats up an infant child? Yeah, there is. There is a section talking outlining where um, Jack Jack gets into an altercation with a raccoon. <laughs> Does it say no altercation? Is... Because that's fantastic. No, it doesn't. I was just trying to find it, but it, um, the the way it's worded is kind of weird. Uh, it says, "In trying to stop the critter's invasion of the family's trash can, Jack Jack unleashes a ver- unleashes a variety of weapons, including lasers that shoot out of his eyes and cut down the umbrella that the raccoon is climbing to." I mean, I was more concerned when, like, the, the raccoon was, like, punching and kicking him, you know? Yeah, I was too. But apparently they're just worried about Jack-Jack. Because they, they don't want kids imitating this. They don't want right. kids shooting their laser eyes at, uh, you know, at, at, uh, at raccoons in their backyard. Um, is there one more thing in there, maybe, that caught you off guard that you wouldn't have expected to be in there? Uh, yes. All right, so I'm kind of confused as to why this is in the violence and gore section, mm-hmm. um, but it, the wording in this is a little clunky, so if I stamp, stumble over it, I apologize. Um, it, it says, The Pars stay in a posh neo-modern house fashioned with neo-kino accoutrement launched okay. or, uh, with buttons that can be pushed. No. It, it's, it's talking about... <laughs> yeah, no, what? That's it? That's it. <laughs> There's button pushing in this movie. There's button pushing. Don't let your kids watch it. Don't let your kids get a hold of your buttons, parents. <laughs> uh, that's super interesting. What is their problem with that? 
I don't know, but here's a funny one. It just says people get slugged and kicked and slammed into walls. It's true. There's <laughs> a lot of wall slamming. There's a lot of wall one. slamming in this one. If you've got a kid who's susceptible to wall slamming, you better mm. not wa- let him watch this one. Man, there's. What do you think is in the uh, alcohol and drug abuse section? Uh, I mean, she, uh, Evelyn asks her, "Can superheroes drink on duty or whatever?" Uh, no, it doesn't say that. But it just what? It, Why is that says, not in there? <laughs> it says uh, characters drink wine and cocktails at parties. Oh, okay. Well, the, the actual wording is Helen and the others drink wine and cocktails at parties and the like. Yeah. So whoever worded this, um. You know, it was like a, a Mennonite or something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's sinful moments. Sinful moments. Sinful moments. Um, Brilliant. I think that that about does it for us. Um, yeah. Do you want to do you want to go ahead and announce what our next little series is? Yes. So in our next episode coming up from two weeks from today the release of this episode, we will be talking about... Give me a drum roll, Clint. Are you ready? There's yep. going to be a delay, so... That's fine. Uh, okay, okay, never mind. I don't need that. Hold on, let me try it. Can I try it again? Yeah, you can try it again. That's much better. Okay, we're talking about... Are you ready? Can I Can yeah, I say I'm the ready. thing? I'm ready we're now. Talk, we're talking about the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. The first one. The first one, not the not Sponge Out of Water. It was 2004, same year as Incredibles, the first one. Um, so yeah, what? Uh, Clint, are you there? <laughs> <It's the dream. laughs> yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen with this. Give That's... it a minute. Ah, oh, yeah. Oh hey, yeah. Kids, we're gonna watch the SpongeBob movies. The SpongeBob movies. It's gonna be movie. fresh. Freaking fresh. Now I turn my hat around and my chair so that the youth know I'm relating to them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, did you like fun. that? That was good. That was pretty sweet. You should always do that every time we announce a new movie we're talking uh-huh. about. Um, SpongeBob movie, the first one. Um, and <laughs> I don't think that's the title of it. <laughs> it's called the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Yeah. Um, and then the following episode will be about the which is it's different it's not called the spongebob squarepants movie it's called the spongebob movie colon sponge out of water mm-hmm. um so this which is going to be another a very fun, different movie but this is going to be another fun little series because both clint and i have seen the spongebob squarepants movie the original one we both love it um spongebob movie sponge out of water neither of us have seen, I've seen so it. yeah that's a perfect little two episode series for purely nostalgia to kind of compare those to each other um, and see what happens when we watch a SpongeBob movie, not as little children, <laughs> if we actually like it. Right. And then, uh, you know, just kind of touching on a little bit of uh, nostalgia news. Uh-huh. Um, you heard, you and I both heard today, uh, they're revamping the Rugrats. Yep. So um, they're going to revamp the TV show and a movie. Yeah. So you you best believe we will be keeping up with that news. and we'll be covering and- that. Yeah, I don't know what that's going to look like. I mean, I definitely have always wanted to cover Rugrats in Paris because it's the best Rugrats movie. Yeah. Um so, yeah, that'll be interesting. It, I don't I I saw somewhere that it's going to be like a, the movie they're doing is like a live action movie with oh, CGI no. elements. 
No. So it's like Space Jam style babies in a real world. So the Rugrats are going to come through the TV fat Al, fat th- Albert style. <laughs> I think so. I think that's the idea. No. So it could potentially be insane. Ugh. Uh, that makes me want to vomit. <laughs> but Clint, it could be great. It's not. <laughs> it could be great. You you got to give it a chance. I don't have hope. Um so we'll let you know, you guys know. I don't I uh, don't have high in the sky apple pie hope. What? What was that from? It's it's from a Frank Sinatra song. What? I thought that I was like is that a Rugrats reference? No, it's Frank Sinatra. <laughs> you know, Nickelodeon favorites. The Rugrats and Sinatra. Yep. You're hey, right. Hey kids, it's Sinatra hour. Watch me uh, drink and talk about how my mother ran an abortion clinic. What? <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, that's what happened in Frank Sinatra's youth. His mother ran an abortion clinic. Oh, once again, I thought this was a Rugrats reference, and I no! was just, I was, what? Okay, moving on. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter. Um, we are at Purely Nostalgia. Um, I'm at Elisha P. Smith. That's my personal account. Clint, are and, you on Twitter? Uh, I am on Twitter, uh, not as active as you, um, but I'm on at Clint J.H. Page. The J.H. stands for Jazz Hands. Yeah, it does. But you never say Jazz Hands in the intro anymore. I'm kind of sad about it. Well, you know, that's because I'm uh, Jerry Mathers. Yeah, you are. As the beaver. Um, Facebook group. We got a Facebook group. Um, Check it out. It's where we can talk about the stuff that we watch. And um, if you guys have opinions, you can tell us that we're wrong. We're not, though. We're always right. We're always right. That's why we do this, because we are the authority. Uh, Submit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm on Letterboxd, at, or not at. <laughs> uh, it's <laughs> just Elijah P. Smith is my Aren't you the stupid on one? I'm the stupid one. Clint, do you have anything else we need to cover before we get out of here? Um, I think I'm good on my end. Uh, don't, don't speed, because Sam will get you. Yep, Sam will get you, and then you will have to watch him watch Tamagotchi videos. Mm-hmm. Um, so until two weeks from today, today, we will see you bassoon and Skinath for listening. How does the song go again? I get down with the victim. You yeah. both know you need them. Frick, 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 friction. <laughs> friction, <laughs> friction, friction. Mission Impossible, down with the friction. Frick Tom Cruise friction. worships aliens. Frick for frick friction. <laughs> frick for frick friction. Radioactive. <laughs> Reload in my arms. This mustache is important. <laughs> Gotta have it in the shoots for Justice League. <laughs>